We're talking about um, baptism. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about it because it's quite interesting. Maybe, Hold one maybe. She said zero twice. That means. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm focused now. Right, cool. Focused. I'm focused. Right, so we were talking about baptism earlier yeah. in the uh, discussion. And we were talking about, how, you know, about um, what requirement, if I'm right, insane, what requirements there are for communion. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't know that baptism is a requirement for communion or not. Um, if you, if you uh, extrapolate it out, it might be. Um, you're supposed to be a, a member of the body of Christ to take communion and and baptism is how you enter the body, right? Right. Okay. No. So, I think you're probably in agreement now, are you not? What's that, you, Tom? Well, wait, the view that I take, the view that the church takes here in the guise is that somebody's converted, they're baptized, they're added to the church, and then they take the and that's the practice that you see in Acts chapter 2 and the latter part of that chapter. And that's the principle that we would follow as a church. So I think uh, what Josh's problem is, is he can't get anybody to baptize him. Okay. Yeah, that's, that is well, the problem. Think, yeah, so I think what we need to do is to get baptized Josh. Yeah. I'm glad that you want to do that. <laughs> I mean, I think, I'm happy about yeah, that. To be fair, I've only met you twice in Perth Yeah, 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 fair enough, yeah. So I think it would be helpful for us to have a chat and just talk to you. You can tell me a bit about your conversion, what happened. Um, you can, we can go through that. And it's not about me deciding that you're saved or not, but just chatting it, chatting it through um, so that you know what you're doing. As a minister of the church, you know, I'd be baptising you. And I wouldn't want to baptise somebody um, who, who perhaps later you didn't think, actually, well, I wasn't converted or, or things, mm, things yeah. like that. So I want you to be sure that this is what, what has happened and that I'm not giving you some of a false confidence. Well, I've been sure about this for last year. That it must be done. And it hasn't faded away. Yeah. Um, but w- one thing I would say is, would I have to necessarily agree with what the church teaches over what the Bible says? Well, I'd hope that they were synonymous. I'd hope that they agreed. You know, I, we, the, the, what we believe in the church would be... But sure, what sure. We're, what we're probably discussing here is how, how we might interpret that. Okay, cool. So interpretation, there's many different types of interpretation on scripture. I mean, there's thousands. And so, I'll just read what it says. Yeah. Well, we have to, we have to read the whole of it and get it in its context and see other supporting passages to make sure that we don't, we don't perhaps extrapolate one doctrine based upon one, one isolated verse. Well, I would say that uh, it's Calvinist, isn't it? Little church, if you mind me saying. Yeah, we would, we would, 
we wouldn't call ourselves Calvinists particularly. Um, so why don't you believe yeah, that Calvinists do? That, that what we is is yeah, is a biblical model. Yeah, sure. So do you follow the uh, tulip or whatever it is? Uh, do you believe in total depravity and uh, I, stuff yeah, like that? I believe that, not because we're Calvinists, but because that's what we would see from Scripture. Cool. So I guess Josh is asking, if he doesn't believe in total depravity, could he still be baptized? Would you consider him a born-again believer if he didn't believe in total depravity, and would you still baptize him? Well, I, I want to, what I would say to that is that, you know, we can be Christians and we can differ on real things we have on these matters. I mean, there's still lots for me to learn. I don't know whether I can rule out whether yeah. I believe something or not. Um, but, you know, I do believe we are, in a way, we are born corrupted I do believe that sort of I mean Joey you seem to believe not no I, I do not believe we're born corrupted um, I believe that the Bible teaches that, we, that God made men upright that were born innocent and were born corruptible not are not already corrupted um, Hebrews 2.17 says Jesus was made in all ways like us and so if we're made corrupted, then Jesus is made, has, was made corrupted before he wasn't always like us. So I don't believe that Jesus was made corrupted, and therefore I don't believe that we're made corrupted. I believe that we corrupt ourselves. The scripture teaches that we corrupt ourselves for our own choice to sin, not that we are born that way. So what about the verse in Isaiah 51, sorry, Psalm 51 that speaks about in sin? my mother conceived me. Yes. Well, yes. See, I have, I have three children with my wife, and I have a child uh, with another woman from before I was a Christian, and I conceived that child in sin, me and his mother, fornication. Uh, hang on, uh, no, but it's not talking about born. fornication, is it? Yeah, well, here's the point. He was conceived in sin. He wasn't born a sinner, and he wasn't born corrupted. What's the point that he's trying uh, to make, though? Yes, it says that, that Psalms fifty-one five says I was conceived in sin. And other, or what otherwise so is implying? Surely sin. he's implying. He's implying. I'm saying, I'm saying, conceived in sin does not equal born sinful. My son was not born sinful. He was conceived in sin, but he was not born sinful. Conceived in sin does not equal born sinful. Uh, Ezekiel 18.20 says that um, the son does not. Does, yeah. But that's talking about Israel, uh, isn't it? And now it's talking, talking about, about the, it's talking about a uh, saying that Israel had, that the father has the rotten grapes and the teeth and the children's teeth are set at edge. Basically saying it was a saying in Israel that men did inherit the sin of their father. And it's saying that's not true in Ezekiel 18. All right. Okay. Oh, so, I for those believe. reasons, I, I don't, I wouldn't agree that we're born corrupted. No. But I think Adam's quite different to just general people. You know, I'm not responsible for your sin, Tom. Am I? No. 
and say, you're not responsible for my sin. I think we're all responsible for our own sin. Even Adam, surely. Does Adam come under that category or not? I mean, of course, Adam kicked us all out of the garden. All of us have no access to the garden. But I think that Adam may have died spiritually when he sinned. It doesn't mean that we all die spiritually because of what Adam did. Does it? Uh, we are departed from God. So we've all... It says that we've all gone astray, doesn't it? Yeah, we've all gone... All we've gone astray. And how we right, interpret so that we is have, different. We have, right, if, we, if we have all gone astray, then we weren't born astray. Hang on, how not? If you're born astray, you can't go astray, you're already astray. So what about all of the Levitical laws that deal with the, yeah, the, the, the purification for the woman after she's given birth? I believe that's to do with the fact that another, another sinner has been born into the world. So in the in the um, ceremonial laws, you have to be ceremonially cleaned. So like Mary had to go up and, and go and offer the, the two to Dedicate. Yeah, the dedication of the, the child to the Lord. Yeah. yeah. I think we should dedicate our children to the Lord and that we should raise them up in the way they should go. I don't know how that... mean that they were born astray or that they were born uh, inheriting sin. I can't find any scripture that says that. And I've searched it out diligently. Right. Because I want to, if the Bible teaches we're born corrupt, I want to believe that. If the Bible doesn't teach that we're born corrupt, then I don't want to believe that. I want to be biblically correct in everything I think and say. So I have searched it out diligently and I just can't find it. So when we come to Romans 5, for example, you know, it says, when it first tries and Adam all die. Yes. They have, uh, because of one man's sin, sin entered the world. So, yeah, sorry, I didn't catch what you said. Uh, because of one man's sin, sin entered the world. Right? If, but yeah, but if that's sort of something that we can avoid if we, if we work hard, and we well, uh, yes, uh, I believe we can choose not to sin. Right. But you, do you believe but, that we carry over a sin nature in it being born again? Me or Joey? I think you believe in a dual nature, do you? I believe that there's, there's a battle between the old nature and the new nature. We have a new nature in Christ, and there's... That, that battle that we, we have. And why do we have that battle? Why do we have that battle? Because we're not yet glorified. We're not but hang on a second, Jesus had the same battles. He had the same battles with temptation. So, being yet glorified doesn't really make sense to me because obviously Jesus was, was he? And so he had the same battles because he existed in this world, not because he wasn't glorified. Um, Obviously, we haven't Jesus actually been salvation, have, so he's Jesus right. Jesus didn't have the, uh, the, the um, immortal, perfected body that we received at the resurrection until he himself was resurrected. He had a mortal body just like us, um, and he was able to say no to sin. 
Well, hang on, though. No. We've sinned and he didn't. There's two different right? people. Yes, that is a difference. The, 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 we have sinned. We know what it's and, like to and, sin. And, that's, and, and we acquired a sin nature. See, I don't believe, back to the, what we were saying earlier, that the Bible teaches that we inherit a sin nature. But we do acquire a sin nature just like a drug addict is addicted to drugs. If he had never cooked in that drug in the first place, he wouldn't be able to say no. He if, Like uh, someone, a cocaine addict, if he had never done cocaine in the first place, and somebody offers some cocaine, he'd say, no, I don't want to do that cocaine. But uh, after he said yes, and he became addicted to it over years and years of doing it, somebody offered to him, he can't say no to it even if he wants to, because he's addicted. That's how we are to sin. When we choose to sin repeatedly over and over and over, um, now we're addicted to it, and we can't say no even if we want to, like the uh, Romans 7. Um, but I think we can say no. Well, well, what I'm saying is when we're born again, we're delivered from our old nature. We don't can carry our old nature into our new birth. The flesh is supposed to be crucified. The old nature, the old man that says, take off the old man, put on Christ, and make no provision for the flesh. But it doesn't mean that we don't struggle with it. Man still, <laughs> we still drag our old man with us into our new life as making provision for the flesh. Hmm. Uh, Roman, I mean, uh, Galatians 5.24 says, He that belongs to Christ has passed and crucified the flesh. So it says, mortify the deeds of the flesh. We're... We're not supposed to have a battle with our old man and our new man. The old man's supposed to be dead. But Jesus never had a sin nature because he never committed sin. But he still struggled with temptation, like you said, Josh. So will we. But that doesn't mean that we have a dual nature, uh, sin nature and righteous nature battling each other. I wouldn't agree with that. Well, Hebrews 12, it speaks about you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And then it speaks about the besetting sins that we face. Um, yeah. and, that, and I believe that has the idea of that, you know, the sins that we perhaps, you know, even as believers, we, we fall into and we yield to. Yeah, we well, the ability to fall well, into Well, it doesn't say we yield to them. It says that we should lay down every weight and every sin that easily besets us. So we're not supposed to yield to those sins. It doesn't say, it says we 12 doesn't say yield, that we yield that to says, those sins. It, it commands us to lay them down. Note that it says we should, not that we might, we can. Well, of course we can still sin. Right. And it says that we should. If, if, it doesn't say if, that we if might. If we couldn't we sin, then we wouldn't have a free will. Okay, it's so it's like advice, isn't it? It's like you still can. It's like advice. Yeah, I can, it? you know. Yes, and you know, I could sleep with my secretary. But what do but you I'm mean not about, going to because I love my wife. What about sins of ignorance? Are you accountable for sins of ignorance? And I don't believe so. If you do something you don't know is wrong, God is going to correct you for that. He's going to chastise you for that, but he's not going to hold you accountable for something you didn't know you were doing. I'm still breaking the law. No good father would do that. Listen, if my child did something that was wrong and he had no idea it was wrong, I wouldn't hold him accountable for that. I'd tell him, that's wrong. Don't do it again. Well, and God, God is a not. good father. God might not, though. God might do something else. No, no, God, God is a good father. He's much better than me. Repentance, though. Like, if you can't repent of something, how can we be accountable of something that we can't repent of? Oh, uh, you can sad. repent of it when you do something you don't know is wrong, and God opens how can your you eyes repent to the fact that it's know. wrong, then you don't <laughs> do it anymore. Yeah. Tom, what do you have to say to that? <laughs> 
Okay, you all broke up. Oh, right. You broke up, Joey. So, what did you want to do? Tom believes, I think most people, and I'm not saying, I'm not speaking for Tom, but I believe that Tom and all that always exercise that they should go and sin no more, don't you? Oh, absolutely. So you, you know that, you mu- that that must be possible, right? That you should. Yeah. This is about looking to the Lord, isn't it? And it's yeah. about getting our strength from Him. That's good. So we start know. to look within ourselves and think, oh, we, we can do this, we're going we're gonna to fight it. Who gives us the strength? Who gives us the strength to do that? Absolutely. It's Jesus. Well, you know, I I'd explain it like a hand and a glove. Uh, uh, yeah. Wear a glove. We can do nothing. A glove can do nothing without the hand. Wear the glove, and God's spirit, Jesus Himself, is the hand. And when when God dwells in us, we can do everything Jesus could do, including go and sin no more. But it's not of our own power, it's through grace, the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Yeah, well, I think I think with that, we're, we're breathing, aren't we? Yeah, sounds like it. But also, we have the trouble of Satan in between all that, don't we? And so he can yeah. tempt yeah, us. Comes and whispers in your ear. But Jesus but says I, that I we can resist temptation, so... Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, yes, first... Uh, and obviously, right? no temptation has come upon us that's not common to man, but God gives us a way of escape. So that we may be able to bear it. In other words, we're going to cope. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, know um, I teach a lesson. You know, I, I, I don't know if you know this, Tom. I don't know what, how much I told you, but I have a home church. We meet every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I spend my weekends ministering to my children. Right. So I talk about the love. Uh, fear and respect of God. People say that we shouldn't fear God anymore, but um, Jesus said, don't fear man who can kill the body, but fear God who can kill the body and destroy the soul in hell. Absolutely. So fear him like an uh, 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 unjust father, an angry, drunken father that's going to beat us for no reason. We should fear him like a just judge. And if we 
judge, we're not going to stand guilty before him. Therefore, it helps us to not sin. And also respect them as the king. You know, if you respect somebody, you're not going to act the same way around them as you do if you did respect them. And if we respect God, he sees our every thought. We're going to we're going to align our lives up with his word because out of respect for him, not just fear, but also respect. And not just respect, but also fear. But if we also love God. I mean, Jesus Christ came out of heaven. He lived the life here on earth. He, crucif he was crucified to redeem us back to the Lord. And we should love him enough not to sin against him. So if we have that threefold understanding of love, fear, and respect towards God, then we wouldn't sin against them. Just like I'm not going to sleep with my secretary, not because I'm afraid of getting a divorce, even though I don't want a divorce, but because I love my wife. Yeah, yeah correct. So if we're committing sin, willful sin against God, then we don't love him. We don't fear him, and we don't respect him. I don't know. That's you just to repent Don't know if Joey heard what you said. Well, I, if, I knew, if I knew the judge of the universe is watching my every move and my every thought, which he is, then I'm not going to sin against them. Right? Well, we still have to have a very small view of God, don't we? Uh, a small view. God has revealed all Why that we need to say? know in the Bible. We know everything about what we need to know that's essential. There's still loads that we well, don't actually, know. Well, actually, yeah, he revealed it in the Bible, but he's also dwells in us. It says that no man knows the thing of a man except for the spirit of the man that's within him. And no man knows the things of God except for the spirit of God. But God has revealed it to us by the indwelling of Hang on, I think he's connecting. So hang on, can you can, can you say that again? You were connecting. Who's connected? You. <laughs> oh, no, I'm here. Yeah, can you repeat what you said again? Sorry. Um. Yes. You know, uh, God has revealed everything we need to know in His Word, but He's also in Holy, as I'm holy, you know, it's, it's the command, it's 
it's what's expected and we have every needed help. The problem is that we stop we stop looking to the Lord. We and we yeah. we we fall. Well, that's the cool thing about Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 that you mentioned. It says that we should lay down every weight and every sin that easily besets us. But how do we do that? By keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who despised and shame bore the cross because of the joy set before him. We are the joy that was set before him. We are the reason that he bore the shame of the cross. And we can do all things in Christ because we keep our eyes focused on Him. We we, we know that it's not in a, in and of ourselves. That's uh the, you know the um, Matthew five says it's poor in spirit. We think that we can do it without faith in Jesus, then we're self righteous. Certainly not poor in spirit. It's our righteousness comes through grace. That comes comes by grace, which is through faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. That talks about what yeah. we were talking about the other day, Joey. But you were saying about you were talking about how it's works and faith. Try to get confused. Yes, obviously, but works. We, faith work, ultimately right, saves, we, doesn't it? We cannot be saved by works. When Paul said we cannot be saved by works, he's talking about by keeping the law, the old covenant. We cannot keep the old covenant. Yeah, we cannot be saved by works. But faith alone is also dead. Works without faith cannot save us, and faith without works cannot save us. Um, James says that even the demons believe and tremble. Uh, we have to have a faith that produces good works. Our works must be induced, must be, um, uh, what does it say, uh, uh, compelled. By our faith in Jesus Christ. It can't be of ourselves. Yeah. I'd agree with that, Tom. You know, it's a bit like, isn't it? You know, we're not saved from the outside in. It's not from our, our, our works from the outside that does a change inside. It's from a change inside that affects our works outside. Well, it's God. And if it's not just faith, exactly. Exactly. Right. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old man has been, the old man is dead. That's what I was talking about, about can't carry the old man into our new life. The old man is dead. Old, uh, the past, old things have passed away. The sin's still around us. We still can see the sins around and everything. Yeah, sin is all around us. The, it's not like the it's whole just gone. world lies under the sway of the wicked one. That's what John says. The whole obviously, world it's, obviously it's still available for us to commit one. if we wanted to do it, but. Obviously, you can also choose if you don't want to do it, so, yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, I don't want to do it. Like, do you believe that there's sin that you can't choose to do, Tom? There's sin you can't like choose what? to do. Like what? How is it even a sin? If it, yeah, like, is there a sin that you can't choose to resist? No, I don't believe so, because I think that would be denying... Yeah, because that would be a denial of a 1 Corinthians 2 principle, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. So you believe um, that you can resist all sin? Just as Jesus has to go and sin no more? Well, yeah, Jesus in you, right? <laughs> yeah, I believe you, you, you can do. Because obviously the flesh, you, you're trying to say that you can't, obviously implying that by your own ability and your own flesh, obviously, but when we're saved through Christ, do we still have the old flesh? I'm quite confused. 
Well, I think when you look at Romans 7, you see he was in Paul. He's, he's clearly a converted man at that point. Mm. And he, he considered, he's got this thing, you know, there are things I want to do that I don't do, and there are things I don't do that I ought to do. And he's looking forward to being finally delivered. Who yeah. shall deliver me from this body of death? But Paul, yes. Paul said that he hadn't yes. attained. And obviously some people right. say yeah. that he hadn't attained. What do you believe by that? I, I, right, you know, can I ask what Tom thinks about that? Were you that asking first? me, Josh? I was asked Tom actually what he thinks what about that. What I think about Romans 7? Well, I know oh, what people, okay. no, 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 no. Well, you know when Paul says he hasn't attained, um, what do you think of that, Tom? What do you think what? When Paul says that he hadn't attained as if I'd already attained or something like that. I think, what, back in, what is that? Obviously, there's some... Uh, Philippians 3. Yeah, right. I think it's talk. I think there, if my memory serves me correctly, um, it's talking about his endeavours as a Jewish man trying to earn his salvation through the word. Hmm. So it does mention about some people it does believe mention that about that everything he's lost. So, some, so people think, some people think that attainment means attaining sinless perfection and that he hasn't attained that. But yes, I would disagree with that. Um, I would disagree as well. But. Uh, first of all, I'll go to Philippians 3, but Romans 7, Paul was indeed converted when he wrote Romans 7, but what he was writing about was not a post-conversion situation. He was writing about a uh, Jew under conviction from the law to do what's right. But because he was addicted to sin, he couldn't do what was right. And then when he said, uh, who will uh, deliver me from this body of death? He wasn't talking about going to heaven and being glorified. He was talking about being converted from the old man and, and born again. Um, he was referring to what he went on to talk about in Romans 8. That... Um, if you walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, you are able to obey God. So if we walk in the flesh, we cannot obey God. But if we walk in the spirit, even here and now, we can obey God. Just like uh, Titus 2, uh, 11 and 12 says, The grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that we should deny ungodliness and worldly lust, and that we should live righteously and holy and godly in this present age. Not sure, the but age he says come, that he hasn't but attained. But in this present age. But he said that he hasn't attained that, and I, I believe that... Oh, uh, yeah, 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 but I was talking to Romans... I was talking about Romans 7. Right, okay. Paul wasn't talking about post-conversion, not being able to obey. He was talking about pre-conversion, not being able to obey. Okay. As far as Philippians 3, the attainment that he didn't... He would, hadn't achieved is the resurrection of the just. Which so is uh, clear in the scripture. He's talking about um, yes, that um, uh, that by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection, not as though I've already obtained. So it's clearly, without any shadow of a doubt, in the context of that passage, thought what he had not obtained is the resurrection of the just. And the reason he had not obtained it is because he hadn't endured to the end yet. Paul was still living. He could still choose sin. We don't obtain to the resurrection of the just until we die in the faith. Sure, sure. What do you think so about that? So that's when he said I hadn't obtained. He, he wasn't talking about 
in this sure. perfection. He's talking about um, not obtaining to the resurrection as of yet. What do you think about that, Tom? Do you think that's true, or are you not sure? What, I need to look at it. Perfection. Well, he about said that he hasn't attained the resurrection, resurrection just. Therefore, I need to look into look at the passage again. Um, in Philippians three, it's it's a, it's a great passage. I love it. Well, he goes on to clarify that um, you know that that he might obtain that which he's attained by Christ. Uh, uh, not looking back, he looks forward toward the prize. Now, our prize is is. Uh, our inheritance is receiving our immortal bodies and living forever with Jesus. Sure. And that's what he had not obtained yet, is the inheritance, the prize, which is the resurrected body. Yeah. Are you typing? I thought, um, yeah, I thought you were typing. No. I thought you were typing notes or something. Yeah. No. So uh, you've got a lot of books behind you, Tom. What are they all about? I mean, it's many books. Some of them commentaries. Some of them are devotional books. And have they hey, been donated? Hey, hey, Tom and Josh, I'm about at the office. I'm probably have to hang out three or five minutes. And Mike can call you back about ten minutes after that. I think I might. But I just want to ask a question. I just want to ask a question, Tom, for a hangout. Yeah. So if Josh. Believed like me, okay? He has uh, repented of his sin. He believes Jesus for his righteousness. He loves God with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength. Um, he's, he uh, wants to obey God. He does his best to obey God um, out of love. But he just doesn't believe in the Reformed doctrine. I'm not saying he does or he doesn't. I'm just asking. Would he be, now would he be uh, disqualified from baptism? Well, that'd be a question for me to talk about. Oh, I, I got you. Well, um, sorry. I, I mean, that's did a you fair say that that's answer. Not, did you, what did he say, sorry? What? He said that's for you and him to talk about. Okay. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I think the Bible is quite clear. Guys, but I live in, I, I live in America. Um, <laughs> I got two questions for people, uh, I got two questions for people before I baptize them. And granted, I've never baptized anybody I didn't know and I hadn't mentored. So Tom has a fair, you know what I mean? But I asked them, do they uh, confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life? And yes. And do you uh, commit in your heart to serving him the best of your ability for the rest of your life? And if they say yes to both of those, you know, some people are brand new, baby Christians. They don't know the doctrines they're supposed to believe or not. No, you don't need to know those things. All they need to know is what God has done in their life and changed them. Right, if they, That's it. If they confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior and are committed to serving him to best their ability for the rest of his life, I think they qualify for baptism. But that's just my personal opinion. I, I, well, I, I'm going to talk to Tom about that because I think there's certain qualifications to become a member of a certain church. And I think yes, if you become a member of a true. certain church, you have to become yes, what they not, believe I, in. I, I, right? I've never... I've never baptized anybody to any church, you know, certain local church. When I baptize them, I baptize them into the universal, invisible body of Christ, yeah, but the not church is to a local church. Christians, people, what church is, yeah. body of Christ. Well, no, the body of Christ is all believers. 
Yeah, most churches have a lot of people. Most <laughs> churches have a lot of people. Most churches have a lot of people that not are really a part of the body of Christ because they're not serving the Lord. Well, that's why they have certain requirements. That's why Tom has certain requirements and people that have requirements for becoming members, isn't it? That's, that's why. That's why you have certain requirements for membership for those reasons. And also about the communion and the seriousness of the communion and all of that. Also, you know, the seriousness of the communion. Like the One of the requirements for hang on. Tom. Um, hang on. This, yeah, I was just saying to Tom, the seriousness of communion and all of that stuff, the reason why... Yeah. The reason why that happens is, um, reason, you know, becoming a member and stuff is because you have to do all of these sort of filtration processes to make sure that you're not allowing people in that are not of God. I lost you completely then. There's a car revved up and you, you disappeared. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Basically, um, in other words... <laughs> Basically, the communion is like, you know, all of this stuff, like the membership and the members and stuff yeah. like that. There's a reason for that. It's because you have to filter out who is of God and who's not. But you can't ultimately define that. But you have a process of making sure that somebody is not entering into the body of Christ that's not. I quite understand it's not that. It's much about filtering people. You know, if you're saved... You'll, you'll join a church, whatever church, wherever that might be, but you join a church and serve the Lord in that, in that place. Because the Lord sometimes have people, Christians, joining together and serving together. Yeah, the problem I have is that churches, loads of churches, I mean, there's loads of churches, they, they all teach different things. There's some that teach the same yeah. thing, and there's some that teach another different thing, another thing. But I just read what the Bible says. And if it read what that says, that's good enough for me. Now, so what you need to do is you need to find a church that would would match as close you know, match match scriptures in your reading. Yeah, sure. So matching quite quite. Well, but I but I do believe that not everything's right in any church, in any denomination. There's there's things that are wrong in all. I mean, there's not one denomination that's got it perfect. But there are ones that are, and I, I don't know if you think that. Do you think that it's perfect, or do you think that? I mean, you, you, reformed and reforming. In other words, it's still reforming, think, isn't it? I don't think the this side of eternity is perfect, but yeah. it will be presented without people and without. People. That's interesting. That's good, isn't it, Joey? Do you know that? Yeah, I heard it. And are you happy about that, that he said that? He seemed very happy about it. Um, no, uh, no church is perfect this side of eternity. Is that... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't found one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember somebody saying, if you're looking for a church, don't join it. Sorry? Because you're going to spoil it. I can't hear. Hang on, hang on. Say it again. I've heard somebody say before that if you think you found a perfect church, don't join it because you'll probably spoil it. That's interesting. 
And at the end of the day, but I believe that there is a lot of things to do with Baptist churches that are more biblical than other churches. There's like a lot of reasons to believe that. Although they haven't got everything right. I would say that most of it is the fundamental, you know, process. Even things about the communion. I mean, that's interesting. Like, a lot of churches allow you to have communion freely. People that aren't saved just let you have it. I actually remember having a communion once in a church, actually. That um, I had the communion once. I wasn't even saved. And it just felt like nothing. You know? Nothing at all. But then after that, I was saved. But I was, I was in the, I guess I was in the process of being saved. So I came and joined and sort of had it and had it and had it. But now, when the communion now, since I've been saved, the communion has a different sort of thing altogether. In other words, um, the communion, you know, you know, I was six years old. I didn't know what the communion was. So when I had the communion, it was just like, oh, all right, okay. So, you know, you, you probably understand that, but. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to go to hell, am I, for that? Or does the Bible say that I will? No. <laughs> yeah, you won't go to hell for taking communion when you were six. Uh-uh. Okay, good. <laughs> cool. But as long as you repent. But, you know, take it seriously, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, the communion now is a whole different thing. It's like a delicacy, like a delicate, sacred thing you know it's like important that's what it feels like to me i haven't actually had it but you know since i've been saved but uh because i've been baptized but it got to be baptized before or at least that's the process um which is probably quite a good process to make ensure that you are really truly saved and all of that it's a pretty good process but it's also quite dangerous because you're also denying the holy communion at times when you are believing in christ so who believes in me should take it. I'll see you Monday night. The reason we do it as a church, and a lot of Baptist churches do it, is because they believe, we believe, we're following the pattern of the principle found in Acts chapter 2, as to what happened when people were saved. Cool. Um, you may come to a different conclusion, but our conviction from the Word of God is that. Well, in, in Acts, when someone was born again, they were immediately baptised. Yeah. It wasn't a bunch of uh, filling out to see if their conversion was real or not. Right. And that's one of the things I find very difficult in our in churches like ours, that um, you're almost expecting somebody to be um, fully spiritually mature before they're permitted to be baptized. Or conversely, you have to be they're not Christian enough to be baptized. I think that's very wrong. I mean, you can't speak for God, literally, but you can make judgments of what we say. I guess you can judge by people's fruit and what they're doing. Well, that's why my two questions are, um, do you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, and are you committed to serving him to best ability the rest of your life? I mean, I don't need to know all their doctrine to make sure that it lines <laughs> up with me. No, absolutely. And faith in Christ. Sorry? Faith in Christ is literally what determines whether... And it's like true faith. That's what determines. I'm a penance. Yeah. But obviously, well, if I believe I something wrong about Scripture, that's not good either. 
Sorry, Josh, I'm going to have to dash in a minute. I need to go as well, because I need to go to work, mate. I've been working all night. I've well, I'm watching you get baptized, Josh. I'm in America, so... I, ho- I hope you find him worthy, Tom. It's not about me finding worthy. <laughs> it was it was a somewhat of a joke. Sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. Anyways, uh, it's really good. Hey, to I enjoyed time this conversation. To to I hope I get a chance to talk to you again, man. It'll be good. Have a good right. We'll have a bit more time to yes, arrange what we're going to talk about next time. You know. I love free flow conversation, man. But oh, we, yeah. yeah, sure Tom, we can. Tom, what would you like oh, yeah. to talk about? What would you like to talk about out of the list that I sent you yesterday about justification, sanctification, dual nature, etc.? Is there any of those topics that you'd like to talk about next? What with you guys? Yes, yeah. Well, we. Uh, I think we talked about some of them, right? Yeah, I think I think you've covered a lot. Tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a great conversation. Um, maybe. Um, like I believe in in instantaneous and progressive sanctification, not one or the other. Maybe we can uh, unpack that a little bit. Okay. Don't know too much about that. Would be interesting. All right. But I don't believe in universal stuff. You know that universal. Um, what is it called? You know that universal. <laughs> stuff? What is it called? Every everybody goes to heaven. Yeah, I don't believe in that. But I do believe we should talk no. about election next time. About the elect. Talk about what? Well, you okay. seem to teach about the elect, probably. I don't know, but probably do. So that would be quite interesting to teach, uh, talk about that next time. Absolutely. That would be a bit difficult, I think. <laughs> okay, cool. I've enjoyed talking to you as well, Tom, man. I, I, I'll see you on um, what night do you want to see me? Because I'm not available Monday or Tuesday night or um, Thursday or Friday night because I'm working. <laughs> he said what night what night not Monday Tuesday Thursday or Friday <laughs> what Saturday night would you like online call as well so probably it, 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 Wednesday any night of the week except for Monday Tuesday Thursday and Friday and Saturday <laughs> Wednesday it probably have to be Wednesday Wednesday night <laughs> <laughs> It will probably have three Wednesday. <laughs> no, I love it. Oh. <laughs> it's just the way you said that. You're like, probably have to be Wednesday then. <laughs> oh, but y'all, uh, y'all, y'all be blessed, okay? See you later, guys. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>